Hello and welcome back to Statue Power. You are listening to Sakamichi Nights. I am a very bummed up Matthew Boynton. A lot of pollen in the air today. Yeah. How are you, Daniel Bellamy? Uh, I'm less bunged than you, that's for sure. For now. Yeah. But the night is young. <laughs> How's your week been this week? Uh, it's been great. As some people may know, it's my birthday on Tuesday. Happy birthday. Hey, thanks, man. And like the craven capitalist that I am, I used it to our advantage by posting about it on our social media and encouraging people to come in and drink beer in our shop. And it worked a treat. That's fantastic. Uh, it has been quite a busy week, actually, people coming in to celebrate your 25th year. Yep. Um, I mean, last week it was uh, it was the emperor's birthday and everybody was partying for that. And this week, my birthday. So I assume the emperor of Sakamichi celebrations all across Japan for that. Absolutely. It's been a, a big couple of weeks, hasn't it? There was a lot going on. There were a lot of people coming in uh, over the, the course of the time. Uh, the, like, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday were both pretty busy days. Yesterday was so busy, we didn't even record the podcast. And, and you know how driven and dedicated we are to doing this thing yeah. every every Wednesday. So that tells you how busy it was. Um, but people were buying me beers. And I, I generally, I don't like to drink early and I don't like to drink a lot when working. But it was kind of hard to refuse because a lot of people had come in specifically, like, with the intention of buying me a beer. Okay. I had a few beers. Uh, let's say I got a little looser than normal in here. Um, I, I may have said some kind of embarrassing things, but that got me thinking like uh, one of the most embarrassing things that I did in here. And I, I'm sure you'll have more. So maybe just don't bring them up because uh, we don't need a whole list. Um, but it got me thinking about an embarrassing moment that I had in here a while back. And I was wondering, I was going to ask you first off, like, can you think of any embarrassing things that you have done while working here? Uh, uh, no. No, not really. Nothing springs to mind. No, not really. You're a paragon of virtue and decorum. No, I, I'm just totally shameless. All right. <laughs> Man, that's better. That's way better than, than my approach, which is to feel guilty about everything. I did set off that hot volcano whilst everyone was watching through the window. That was pretty but, good. But uh, I don't think that's really embarrassing. No, I knew was there was a non-zero chance of that happening, mm. and it did happen. So. And you handled it. It was handled in yeah. the end, uh, even though my pockets were full of hops after we got done. A pocket full of hops, every brewer's dream. Absolutely. Uh, one time I was in here, and... Um, Sometimes, you, you know this happens, sometimes people go to give you change or you go to give them back change and they don't reach across the bar. They keep their hands kind of near themselves. Right. So you have to reach all they're the way T-rex across. They're T-Rex in it. Yeah, they're T-Rex in it and expecting you to reach uh, all the way over, which, hey, it's fine. You know, I don't think people are doing it as any kind of power play. Uh, but uh, this had happened to me a couple of times that night. And so this guy came up and uh, after these events had happened and I was kind of used to people T-Rexing me and he uh, he paid for the beer. He gave me a bill and uh, and then I made the change and I noticed that he was holding his hands quite close to his chest. But like one hand was kind of looked like he was holding it out for some change but in kind of a weird way okay. and i was like oh, well this is all kinds of strange uh he kind of said something as i rang it up but it didn't really register to me um so i pulled the 120 yen out the coins whatever it was and he had his hands in this kind of weird position near his chest and i reached over and just kind of like gently tucked the coins into his hand okay. and we had a little moment 
And then he kind of went like, oh, oh, okay. And he moved his hands and I realized that he was in the process of getting coins out of his coin purse, which I hadn't <laughs> noticed. So what he had said was, hang on, I'm going to get some coins. And I just kind of How carried on, like, coins? whatever. Yeah, and I just kind of like, like, I don't know, gently and tucked them into his hand for him uh, there. And I felt super embarrassed about that. That is pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, well, I'm glad to see that your most embarrassing moment in here was tenderly touching the hands of another man. Mm. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty mild, I think, as, as embarrassing moments Pretty mild, go. sure. Yeah. It took me back uh, when I was delivering pizzas many years ago yeah. as a young man. Uh, a similar situation, but, but different, I guess. I knocked on the door of some apartment, and I swear I thought I heard the guys say, come on in, but they might have said... Something that sounded like, come on in, but it was just a minute or something like that. And I opened the door and came in. uh, And these three dudes were there. They were like, oh, pizza guy's coming in the house. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Uh, that was also pretty embarrassing, and that I, for some reason I feel like it's it, 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 the the coin incident, the gently uh, depositing coins in a customer's hands, reminded me of that where I misread a situation and made it weird for everybody. Story of my life. I I disagree with that. I think that you you move through life with a an ease that belies your youth. Mm. Um, but uh, well, these these kind of things happen to everybody sure. every now and again, yeah. um, especially when. You, you are dealing with uh, as many customers as we are day on day. And it's, it's been busy recently, right? So there, there are a lot of customer interactions that we have day on day on day. Yeah. And slight misunderstandings can happen from time to time. I think the thing is to just not get flustered, right? And say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were doing that. Or sorry about that. That was a bit weird, wasn't right. it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, my general approach. We have uh, two regular customers who come in here who are Japanese, but who both speak English very fluently. Mm. And I was walking out of here up the street towards the station the other day, uh, listening to something on my Bluetooth headphones. Uh, and I noticed that uh, one of them was walking towards me the other way. And I caught her eye just right as I also answered a phone call on my Bluetooth headphones. Mm. So I have the headphones in, the mask on. And I said, hi there, how's it going? To whoever I was, I was answering the phone to. And she right. was like, oh, oh, hi. Nice to see you. And I had to kind of gesture to the fact that, no, I am. How do you say this with a gesture? I am also pleased to see you, but I wasn't actually talking to right. you in this situation. So, what, what was that gesture? That really translates. Oh, yeah, that absolutely. Yeah, that, thing. That's definitely it. If you kind of go like that, then I, I think that says everything. Mm, it, it says right. everything that I wanted really to say. It really does. Um, but I refuse to be embarrassed by things like that. We, we all think it's just a hilarious anecdote later on. Okay, great. We're not just here to talk about embarrassing moments from our lives, though, are we? That's not the only point of this podcast. Mm. We also like to drink beer on this podcast. We do. And to review beer. Oh, my God. I'm bringing this bit back. Yeah, great. Do you, Should I take it from here? Yes. Man, I'm rusty, huh? Oh, Matthew, we're not here to review beer, no. you fool, you why, why silly is that? goose. How embarrassing yes, for you. That is very embarrassing. Uh, Allow me to make a gesture. To, uh... <laughs> On this show, we celebrate beer. Yes. Why is that? Why do we celebrate rather than review the beer? Everything we drink on this show, uh, we're serving it in our taps or we have cans of it in our fridge. Uh, we don't serve bad beer in here. So if we're drinking it on the show, that means we're serving it here. That means you know it's good already. We don't need to review it. It is good. We're going to get into the nitty gritty. 
excellent and excellent summation of uh, the concept of this podcast. Not we're as all, rusty as I thought. We're almost getting there, 90-something episodes in. Um, what is the beer that we are going to be drinking and celebrating first off today? Uh, we've been on a real hot tip with this hot new up-and-coming brewery in Japan called Sakamichi Brewing. Ooh. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard that those are two embarrassing fools. Handsome, though. Handsome but embarrassing fools. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's another new one from us. Uh, it is Midnight Sun. It went on tap today. Exciting. Mm. Uh, Midnight Sun is a hoppy pseudo pills, a hoppy peepee, as mm. I just realized today, <laughs> which is very exciting. So happy hoppy peepee to everybody. Uh, so it, it's hoppy. It's hoppier than a, a regular pilsner would be. Normal pilsners don't have a lot of hop character, but this one does. And we call it the pseudo-pilsner because it doesn't actually use lager yeast. This one used a kveik yeast, um, which we're quite fond of using here. We also use it in our shibasaki session. Mm. Uh, so it's not actually a lager, not actually a pilsner because it doesn't use lager yeast. I'm making a gesture here again as I'm explaining this. Mm. Uh, but it is lager-like in character. So we call it a pseudo-pils. Uh, used German pilsner malt and 100% American Noble Citra Hops, uh, as well as this Norwegian Kveik yeast. So that, that combination of sort of it being winter in Norway and dark all the time, uh, but also having a sunny Citra-like character to it, mm -hmm. brought out the name Citra, uh, not Citra Sunshine, Midnight Sun, um, which we arrived on embarrassingly late in the process, I think. Sh shortly after I had kegged the beer, we decided what the name was actually going to be. I mean, you know, it was in time. Yes, just about in time. Yeah. Anyway, I've been looking forward to this one, so why don't we dive into it? All right, welcome back. We are drinking two glasses of our latest beer, Midnight Sun by Sakamichi Brewing, a hoppy pseudo pills. Dan, what do you what do you think of this beer? First of all, I am completely on board with Hoppy PP. Yep, uh, that's great. It rolls off the tongue. Yep, you're happy about the Hoppy PP. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying that quite a lot. Um, I think that this, to me, this beer is it's almost like when when people make a, a smash beer, a single malt, single hop, and it really allows the character of the the one hop and the one malt that they use in it to shine through. I feel like in this one you do get uh, it, it, you get really strongly the citra character, the hop character, and but you also really get the the kveik yeast character. And to me, it's quite interesting because you can taste that similar characteristic in the shibasaki session. I think it, that whatever it is, the the esters from the yeast coming through uh, are very similar in both beers in uh, in a very interesting and and nice way. They also both have kind of a nice bitter snap. I think Shibasaki Session is more bitter than this, uh, but this one has a little bit of a, a bitter bite that I think helps to clean it up on the back end and and uh, have it give it a bit of a dry, lagery finish, which is what we wanted, right? That's exactly what we wanted, yeah. And uh, it is it has got a nice dry, lagery character to it, but it's also slightly full-bodied. This beer finished at a higher gravity than any other beer that we have made to date in this brewery. Um, so I'm not getting any sweetness or anything out of it, but there is there is more body to this beer 
and in quite a few of the other beers mm. that we've made. Uh, I also do, I think it's really interesting that we can use the same yeast to get uh, sort of results that rhyme, but are also very different. Mm. As you say, the Shibazaki session also made with fake yeast, but we ferment that one at 35. So it goes through real hot and it comes out with a nice sharp orange estuary kind of character. Mm. This one we did low and slow. So I think it was 22 degrees we right. fermented at, which is right at the bottom end of what Quake can do. Uh, and so it took a lot longer to, to chew through the fermentation. Uh, and it has a much drier, crispier mouthfeel to it. I mm. think almost lager-like, right. which is why we call it a, a hoppy pee-pee. And they're, they're like fermenting at a lower temperature for a longer period of time. That is, I mean, is that lagering in its entirety? Or, that's, I mean, that's the, the basic premise, right? Uh, that's how lager yeasts work. Lager yeasts are active at lower temperatures. So your typical ale yeast would ferment at about 20 degrees Celsius, whereas a typical lager yeast would ferment at 15 or even slightly lower than that. Mm. That's the, the temperature that they prefer. Uh, and so because the temperature is lower, lager yeasts move slower and tend to take longer mm. to move through it. Um, but lagering just refer, refers to uh, kind of holding the beer at a low temperature in a lagering tank mm -hmm. for a long period of time to allow everything to settle out of it and to get a really nice clear beer mm -hmm. at the end. Right. I think lager just means store in German. Okay. Right? Or, or in some dialect of German. Again, take everything I say on this podcast with a real pinch of salt because I could be completely imagining that. You say it with such confidence, though. Yeah. That, that's the trouble. You know, I have quite a good memory, but I also have quite a good imagination, and I can never be sure which, <laughs> which what it is. Sometimes I'm saying it with confidence because I am also fooling myself. Mm. Right? I have managed to convince myself of something that I have entirely imagined. Now, every time we drink beer on the podcast, we also like to try to pair it with something. So I'm going to spin this wheel of pairings. But of course, we can't have the two most recent pairings, which were, of course... TV and movies and music. All right. So what's it going to be for the hoppy pee pee? Number six, activity. Oh, yeah. Everybody's favorite. What would you like to be doing as you are drinking a glass of Midnight Sun? I know what you're thinking I'm going to say, and I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say something that I have never done before, Okay. Uh, but that I think would be really great and a really great setting to drink this period. Tantalizer. I quite like summer nights um, yeah. when it's like you in the daytime, the, it's hot and the sun is beating down and it's in some cases kind of unpleasant, right? In Ohio, for example, the days can get quite hot, but it cools down a lot in the evening. Right. Um, as so the, uh, as the hot air balloons come down to roost. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's really pleasant to be outside in the evening once the sun goes down. Um, so I think that uh, it would be really great with this beer titled Midnight Sun on a summer night when it's dark out to go night tubing. Right. How does well, apart from the obvious? How do you think night tubing? That famous BG song. <laughs> How do you think night tubing differs from day tubing? What do you think some of the key differences are going to be? Have you ever been to uh, Laser Bowl? Uh, 
know. It, I understand the concept. It's like bowling in under black lights, basically. Right. right? Yes. Yes. Kind of little light machines and things like that. It's bowling, but more extreme and exciting. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be kind of like that, mm. but without the black lights. Okay. Na- gonna- it would be the moon. Nature's black light. Nature's black light. The moon. Are you going to have to change your mode of dress? I don't think so. Be- it's be still it's still suit. warm. I think. No, it's still it's still hot enough. You're going to be okay. You just, I, I feel like it would be, you know, I'm thinking about this now. You might take a stick to the eye because like there's trees that overhang the river. Right. You might not see them, right? In the daytime, you can see them and kind of paddle around and stuff. I'm also wondering what the mosquito situation is like in Wadsworth. Uh, well, I mean, like anywhere in rural Ohio, it's bad uh, on the river at night. But during the day as well. I don't think you're getting away from that no matter what time of day you're tubing. Right. Anyway, midnight sun tubing. Uh, that's my answer. Final answer. Sounds pretty exciting. Uh, that's a summer activity. I'm going to go with a winter activity. Mm. Uh, saw some photos over the last week. Some really spectacular Aurora Borealis shows uh, across the whole of Northern Europe. I think all of Britain got a pretty good show. Have you ever seen the Northern Lights? I have not. Have you? I have, yes. A few mm. times. Uh, growing up in the north of Scotland, we got one really spectacular show one year where the whole sky was lit up, kind of orange and mm. purple and green. It was really incredible. So perhaps uh, some kind of a mountain lodge at the top of a, a hill or a, near a fjord in Norway. Uh, we've got the we've just got out of the sauna. We're going back to inside the lodge. We've all got glasses in hand. Mm. Hoppy peepees. We've all got our hoppy peepees in our hands. And above us, uh, nature's light show, nature's laser show. So this is actually quite a similar answer to yours. Aurora Borealis, the mm. Northern Lights. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they even make a sound, apparently. I've never heard that, but I've really? heard it reported that they do create mm. a sound sometimes. Lots of ions whipping around mm. Just in screaming. the upper atmosphere. Absolutely. It's like being at a techno concert. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I think that would be a really spectacular way to enjoy this beer. Yeah. Good choices this week now as you mentioned earlier very special occasion this week mm-hmm. it was your birthday yeah happy birthday again thank you and i actually brought in a beer for us to drink together oh my what would you say to me cracking open that bottle and us doing a secondary review Whoa. on this podcast a review though a secondary celebration yes on this podcast would you be into that that sounds great all right let's get into it We're back again. We've gone from something that is a very straightforward beer. You described it as almost a smash, a single malt, single hop, which it almost is, Mm. actually. Just one the hop and almost 100% Pilsner. Anyway, I'm waffling. We've gone from that very simple, straightforward beer to something that is neither simple nor straightforward. Do you want to tell everyone what we're drinking just now? Uh, this is a variation of one of your favorite beers, your favorite beer. One of my favorite One of beers. your favorite beers. It is uh, Belching Beaver's Barrel-Aged Imperial Peanut Butter Milk Stout. Crikey. There's a Ooh. lot going on there. Um, and there is a lot going on in this beer as well. It's a, it's a very complex flavor. How would you describe this beer? It, I mean, it, it is peanut butter milk stout, but I... Using a gesture. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that that one is that one is very rich, 
uh, as you well know. And I, I feel like uh, possibly the higher alcohol content or maybe the barrel aging in this um, have mellowed that richness for me a bit. Like it's still very rich, but the, the regular peanut butter milk stout is rich in kind of a sweet way. And this one is rich in a, like a depth of character kind of way. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it's mellowed some aspects of it and, and enriched some other aspects of it. Still get a lot of, a lot of peanut on the nose. Sure. Get a lot of peanut on my nose here, um, despite the bunged up in this. Um, but it's got a very rich, dark, roasty, chocolatey flavor I'm getting. Mm. It tastes like a really uh, nicely cooked kind of peanut butter chocolate gateau, yeah. I think. Um, so what could be more appropriate for a birthday beer than a peanut butter chocolate gateau? Indeed. That actually sounds amazing. Yes. Uh, this um, It's not too barrelly as well for you. You yes. don't like too much barreliness, and it's it's quite subdued in this one. I think it blends in really nicely. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right. I was worried before this beer arrived, uh, because as you say, I do really like peanut butter milk stout. I was worried they were just going to ruin that beer that I really enjoyed. Mm by making it taste like whiskey, which I do not like. Um, but the barrel-aged character, I mean, you can tell that this has been aged, but I'm not picking up any bourbon or whiskey or any strong barrel character from mm. it, right? It's definitely rich and deep, but I don't get any harsh alcoholic notes from it. I think if you hold it in your mouth a little bit, then you can, uh, once you swallow it, you get a little bit of kind of alcoholic fumes yeah. to it. You say this to all the girls. Uh, anyway, uh, I do want to point out that on the side of the label here, it says it took us 10 years to put our decadent peanut butter milk stout in barrels. And we're damn thrilled we did. They should work harder. Uh, and the spelling of damn is D-A-M. There we go. So they spelled damn wrong. Yeah, that was my first thought. And then I was like, it's all in capitals. What is going on here? And I went, oh, it's a it's a beaver pun. Damn good times, I believe. Is oh, their, right. I didn't even know that's their... That's their company slogan, right. isn't it? Um, why do we try and pair this beer as well? We'll do a double pairing this week. Uh, exciting uh, news for all you Sakamichi heads out there. And a nightmare for whoever has to keep up the Sakamichi Nights wiki, I'm sure. This is going to be a... It's going to be a real problem for them. Anyway, let's roll the dice and see what we're pairing this beer with. Number five, location. All right, that's an interesting roll of the dice. What's it going to be? Yeah, I'm struggling on this one aside from obvious stuff. Like this this is this is winter camping campsite beer, but that's, that's too easy. I feel like we've been there too much. Have you ever been inside a beaver dam? <laughs> Have you? Is this another northern Scotland thing? Uh, I have not. Um, but I imagine it's probably quite cozy in there. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're in there with all your little beaver buddies. You have to swim under the water to get in there, right? So you wouldn't be able to open the bottle until you'd swum under the water to get right. into. Does the, the name have, have a specific name? Is it just a dam or is it called a set or something? I have no idea. Uh, I'm not sure. But yeah, I would like to drink this inside the home of some beavers like a disney version of one though no like the real one <laughs> like actually you just show up in there with this bottle yeah what's up dudes hey how's it going guys give him that gesture that means i come in peace to beavers this gesture yeah that's the one uh and 
I'm sure they'd be alarmed at first, but once I uh, pop the lid off this beer, they'd probably all get into it. I think we'd yeah. have a nice little drink together. All right, that sounds pretty good. How about you? Uh, I would like to drink this on Christmas in the early afternoon. Okay, that's a, an interesting interpretation of location. But I guess uh, time is the fourth dimension. Right, uh, so. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Sorry. Specifically, I was thinking about uh, Christmas at my mom's house. Okay. Um, but at that time and that place. Um, because you have Christmas morning and everybody's feeling good. You make some coffee, you open some presents, you do whatever. You know, there's probably some kids there of some some generation running around. And then, uh, you know, I, I don't know about all families. Um, maybe certainly plenty of families get started uh, on the alcohol in the morning. But we're generally coffee in the morning and then sometime around lunch or a little in the afternoon. I, I, you know, your patient starts to wear a little thin. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm old now, you know. Uh, so I feel like right then you got a fire going in the fireplace. There's snow outside. Uh, this would be a really great bit of crack open at that point and share with a few other, the other cool people there. Right. Uh, and kind of take the edge off things Some a little kids, bit. Yeah. Yeah, the kids, right? Slow them down a little. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right that this would really suit that situation, not least because this is almost the very definition of a sharing beer, mm. isn't it? Um, it is very rich, and despite the, the sweetness having mellowed a bit in the barrel, it is also sweet. And this isn't a huge bottle, but I don't think I would be able to drink the whole thing no. by myself. Mm. That would be a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, a really great one to to share, to sit in front of the fire, mm. roast some more peanuts, get some more peanuts on the nose, uh, get even a, a hoppy pee-pee going, yeah. you hey, know. As is traditional on Christmas. This is also one of those beers I feel like, I'm sorry, I stepped on your toes. Go ahead. No, that, that, that was it. You're transitioning, getting away from the hoppy pee-pee on I Christmas. Am, I am putting that back in the box. This is also one of those beers that you can share with people who are not beer drinkers. Right. And they will be surprised that this is called beer, right? They will enjoy it. And I, I have found oftentimes with friends who don't drink beer, uh, but drink other things, there's spirits and wine and stuff like that, giving them like a barley wine or something like that really surprises them and expands their idea of what beer can be and what it can taste like. And I feel like this is a beer you could give to some kind of like non-beer drinking curmudgeon and have them... Right. Uh, be very interested to find out that oh, this is actually a beer. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. The beer Scrooge in your life mm. would really enjoy this. Yeah. And I've seen that in here when we've had just regular peanut butter milks out on tap. People who may not have a lot of craft beer experience will order one of those and be shocked and amazed and mm. wonderfully surprised saying, wait, this is a beer? Beer can taste like this? This tastes like a cookie. Uh, which is really fun and great to see. Yeah. Also great to see them then follow it up with a, a sour or a goze, right? <laughs> so really get the full breadth of experience in there. Quite the picture. That sounds very nice. The tradition in our house was usually to start the day with some scrambled eggs and some gin and tonics. Okay. So uh, things would be getting pretty wet by lunchtime. <laughs> I'm sure. This was, of course, pre-children. Now, why don't we wrap things up this week by taking a couple of steps back uh, to a question that we received a couple of weeks ago from uh, one of our regular listeners, Aizu Yabanjin. Thank you very much for writing in. Um, he wanted to ask us about 
hazy IPAs. Are you ready for these questions? Yeah, you know me, full of research and knowledge. There are two of them. So why don't we answer the questions and then talk a little bit more broadly about hazy IPAs in general. I'll start by reading the questions. Number one, are hazy IPAs a relatively new invention? And number two, were they created intentionally or was it one of those lucky mistakes that often pop up in human evolution? Should I just start now? Yeah. Everything I know about this? Uh, you could, yes. Please go ahead. Or do you want me to, to chime in with a little bit of research that I've done? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I think that the first sort of intentionally hazy IPA the, the first beer that we can classify in this style was made in about 2004. Mm. Well, that's when it became popular. Uh, a beer called Heady Topper. Really? Which is, yes, from the Alchemist Brewer. Heady Topper is extremely famous, still now. In Vermont, yeah. right? Uh, and it was produced in very small amounts, uh, which sort of meant that it, it, news of it spread by word of mouth. Mm. Uh, and people were initially reluctant to drink it because cloudy beer has kind of always existed throughout beer's existence. But when it comes to IPAs, that was until then seen as a negative thing. Mm. Right? IPAs shouldn't be cloudy. They should be nice and clear and bitter. And this was the opposite. It was, uh, it was cloudy, it was hazy, and it was not that bitter and kind of soft and fruity as well. Uh, and so the, the style spread from there and eventually spread over to the west coast of america as well and then eventually to the rest of the world but yeah we're talking about within the last 20 years mm. this um starting and then gradually reaching acceptance in america um i think that the the the, the craft beer cup or the, the world beer awards or so on has only recently maybe within the last five years added hazy ipas or new england ipas as a category mm. So until fairly recently, they weren't really that recognized. Um, but yeah, it has now spread all over the world and, and gained widespread acceptance. As to whether it was deliberate or not, um, I don't know, but I would surmise that the haziness is a byproduct of the way that the beers are made. So um, the haze is caused by uh, having quite a protein-heavy wrist bill lots of protein in the malt, uh, and then adding lots of hops late on, so in the whirlpool and then in dry hopping. Uh, and that's what causes the, the haze. But I don't think that was the intention. I think the intention was to explore some of the fruity, tropical, uh, exciting new flavors that were coming out of hops at that time. And the haze was kind of the byproduct, although it has now come to stand for the, the entire style. Mm. It's interesting because... You know, on the on the face of it, you could suggest that hazy beers have been around longer than clear beers, right? You would think that the first, you, prior to being able to really clarify things, that everything that came out would be hazy. And of course, we're happy, you know, haze, haze is a hallmark of other styles, like Hefeweizen, right? Yeah, like yeah, is, is Needs to be hazy um, from the, I guess, the, the yeast that's left in there. So it's interesting that IPAs developed as a style that was entirely clear, I was reading another book about brewing and the guy in it said that uh, like a long time ago in, in not a long time ago, but in earlier beer judging competitions that one of one of the things it was kind of a joke, but it was kind of serious was uh, 
like when you got the IPA, holding it up and hold your watch on the other side of it and hold it up and see if you could read your watch through it. Right. And this was a like, you know, this was a good thing, right? This was this IPA is extremely clear to the point where I can read the numbers on my watch face through it. Uh, and in that kind of environment, obviously, someone coming out with something hazy and saying it's an IPA. Well, you know, you're no longer within the style guidelines or what we have accepted as the style guidelines. So. Uh, even though I think haze in beers has been around longer than clear beers have existed, uh, IPAs as a style developed as a clear style. So this was probably a pretty serious disruption, which is why you still have a lot of people that kind of hold on to, we don't like hazy IPAs or IPAs should be clear, right? Yeah, during my research, I read one article on the web that uh, had an example of a customer in a, a tap room, I think on the West Coast of America, who ordered one of these hazy IPAs without knowing what it was when it was poured for him without even taking a sip demanded to see the brewer where is the brewer bring mm. him to me this beer is not finished this is not an IPA <laughs> it's a Hefeweizen um, he might have changed his tune after he actually took a sip though or not or, or not yes that's that's entirely possible but yeah so uh, I think that the the haze itself is a byproduct of the the techniques that we use to get those kind of fruity, uh, tropical, stone fruit hop characters out of the beer rather than uh, out of the hops, rather than the bitterness out of the hops. But now it has come to be recognized as kind of the hallmark of the style because mm. it's it's such an easy visual metaphor for, for what this, this kind of beer is. Mm. We've gone from people only wanting clear IPAs and you know, being upset or feel like a beer is unfinished when it, when it's hazy to now some people are, are in like very interested in that visual aspect of the beer, the yeah. hazier, the better, right? There are people that really like it when it's completely opaque, totally murky. Uh, it's, it's a really interesting change, I think, to go from one extreme to the other. And, and a lot of young drinkers that are, that are coming into craft beer now that, uh, that that totally opaque haze is what they're after. Definitely. And uh, I think we've said it before, but uh, domestic hazy IPAs are by far the most popular style of beer that we serve in here. Mm. We put a keg of, a guest keg of a domestic hazy IPA on tap in here. It will last maybe two days, maybe a day. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff is, is really, really popular. And with good reason. It's, it's really delicious beer. And it's a style that I, I definitely like. Speaking of beers that I like, do we have anything coming up uh, in the fridge or on the taps that you think people should know about? The ever-popular Stone Enjoy By series, uh, new edition, is coming on Friday. That's Stone Enjoy By 420. That's, uh, I'm pretty sure they're all hazies. Uh, this one is, I'm, I'm certain, mostly certain. I don't sound certain, man. I got it. What was it? Was it just last week that I was taking lessons from you? Let me tell you ago. something. Let me tell you something about this beer. It's hazy. How uh, was that? That, that was, was good. That good? Um, yeah, I, I think the, the let me tell you something is what let you down there. <laughs> you should just state it with confidence without any kind of qualifiers. This is a hazy beer. This is a hazy beer if I know anything about it. Great. You lost it a little bit at the end there. <laughs> But uh, no, saying it with confidence, I like that. Anyway, they're really popular. They're always really good. The whole point is that it's brewed and shipped over to Japan really quickly so that you can enjoy it as fresh 
as possible. Um, always really popular. So if you want to get one of those cans, don't hang around. They'll be showing up uh, today, I guess, if we're releasing this on Friday, right. a day later than usual. Um, so yeah, don't, don't sleep on that one. That is about all we have time for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for writing in with your question. I mm. imagine we always yeah. love to receive questions from listeners. Uh, stay safe, everyone. And we will see you again next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.